Welcome to the Digital Workflow Dentistry Podcast Series. We help dentists adapt, adopt, and advance in the world of dental technology. For more information about upcoming lectures, webinars, and podcasts, please go to our website, www.digitalworkflowdentist.com, and Instagram at Digital Workflow Dentistry. They say that eyes are the window to your soul. Let Legend Graphics provide you visually stunning art prints, canvas photo prints, banners, and so much more. Whether it's for your home, team, or business, we can create a design for you virtually. Visit www.legendgrafix.com. Good afternoon, dental internet world. My name is Vishal Sharma. I'm a dentist in downtown Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And I'm here at the beautiful office of my friend and colleague, Dr. Mike Parchewski. This is our inaugural podcast for Digital Workflow Dentist. Mike, tell us about your dental background, particularly your areas of expertise that you lecture and present on. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and thanks for joining us for this podcast. As Vishal's mentioned, uh, my name is Mike Parchewski, uh, dentist in downtown Calgary as well. This is my office here. Um, my main interests uh, in really lie in um, sleep, uh, treatment of sleep apnea, and implant dentistry, implant surgery, uh, those types of procedures. Um, it's great to be here for this podcast, and, I, and I'm hoping we'll have many more to come. So Mike, elaborate as to why we are doing a podcast. Well, you know, we've been talking about this for a while, but the two of us have been lecturing uh, together and uh, on our own uh, for a long time talking about digital workflows digital dentistry, how to make procedures more efficient and predictable. Um, and we thought, you know, hey, let's let's put a podcast together to pass on some of this information. Um, now that all the courses are going to be, you know, canceled here in the foreseeable future, I think this is a great time for us to be recording our first session. Um, again, it's been one of those things we've just really been wanting to do, but probably haven't had enough time. Um, now, what do you think about us doing the podcasts under the whole COVID cloud here? Well, it's obviously a challenging time for everyone. And as you mentioned, we had planned a number of uh, courses that have all been indefinitely postponed. So we decided to launch the podcast at this time for two main reasons. First, many of us now have more time on our hands than we typically would. Uh, for those of us who are practicing dentists, our clinical responsibilities have been cut significantly down. And that gives us an opportunity to get to a lot of the items lower down in our to-do list that typically we wouldn't have time to get to. So dental knowledge might be one of those things. Secondly, we'll, we will all be faced with business challenges when we resume our daily clinical activities. The landscape of the economy will be significantly altered. Uh, we don't even know for our profession what that will necessarily entail, but invariably, Having the tools that make our clinical care more efficient, comfortable, and accurate for our patients will certainly help us in the upcoming business environment that will invariably be more challenging than it was prior to COVID-19. So our hope for this podcast and subsequent webinars that we're going to be doing is it'll provide all of us with a positive time filler uh, and help us increase at least a little our dental knowledge base. Um, Mike and I, I should mention, have been assertively self-isolating. We've thoroughly washed our hands and we've come to an agreement that if either of us has to sneeze, we're going to do so in the opposite direction. So we are uh, being safe and following as many isolation protocols as possible. So Mike, 
you have an abundance of time on your hands, obviously one of the things that you've been working on is your lecture ser- series and your podcast. What else has been occupying your time? Um, besides those items, I really think it's about getting our office organized. Um, it's about communicating to our patients, making sure that they still, still are feeling uh, connected to us. Uh, it's posting, it's uh, being available for phone calls, uh, you know, my cell phone number's on our phone. Um, so really it's about handling, um, keeping business going, keeping patients excited about when we return. Um, you know, and it's just getting done those things lower on the list, really. It's just picking up things that we should have been doing or, you know, learning about. And I, I think it's a great opportunity for us. And obviously spending time working on our digital workflow podcast. So elaborate on what digital workflow and dentistry means. Well, the real uh, thing about what digital workflow means is it's really taking the technology that's available today and even technology that will become available and taking that technology and implementing it into a series of steps for your different procedures to make it work for you, make you more efficient, um, and just make a better experience for your for your patients. Um, like, how do you find a digital workflow helps you clinically? Well, there's really three lenses that we look at when we're evaluating technology or a digital workflow. Uh, the first one is predictability and, predictability and accuracy, excuse me. So anything that we're gonna be doing, is it going to lead to a more predictable and accurate end result? And of course, as clinicians, that's what we're all striving for on a continual basis. The second aspect, of course, is patient comfort. Uh, for a lot of people, the dentist is not their favorite place to be. There can be some level of discomfort that is associated with most procedures. Digital technology and a digital workflow can reduce a lot of that and hopefully make things more comfortable. And then, of course, the last thing is efficiency. Uh, we talked about the challenging business environment that we're all going to be getting back to at some point, ho- hopefully sooner than later. Uh, but time efficiency will be one of the things that will enable our businesses to strive and hopefully get back to a position to where they once were. Uh, and that efficiency is also important for our patients as well. Everyone's maybe not as busy as they once were, but for our patients, they want to spend as little time in the chair as possible. So efficiency is time efficiency, cost efficiency, and just a workflow efficiency. So those three things is where digital dentistry really helps us in our clinical practice. Now, for you, on that topic of efficiency, um, the concept of a single appointment crown um, is, is a big one for patients. Uh, I find it's huge for our clinic being downtown. Patients want to come in, they want to leave and be finished their treatment. Uh, can you go through with us the concept of the one-visit crown and, and how that is a big part of your day-to-day clinic? Yeah, well, if we evaluate it with the three similar topics, the first one you discussed was efficiency. So a single appointment, uh, obviously more time efficient for the patient. They don't have to come back and get anesthetized potentially a second time a few weeks later. So there's added patient comfort from that perspective. Um, you know, with the new Prime Mill, which Densplicerona released at the end of January, which we'll be discussing in a bit more detail later on, the zirconia workflow and the Emacs workflow, the time required to prep and see the restoration has decreased as well. So time efficiency, better for the patient, obviously better for uh, the business of the office, um, and of course, less interruption into our normal workflow. Uh, we're discussing 60 to 90 minutes at the most for a restoration, uh, which is- Which is, which is amazing. And, and a much improved workflow over some of the previous versions of CERAC. So from an efficiency point of view, that's one of the things that I really like about CERAC dentistry. And I know you've been doing CERACs for a number of years as well. 
Um, from a patient comfort point of view, again, just not having to deal with a temporary crown, no impression materials, uh, no PVS, nothing's going to the laboratory. So it improves from that uh, perspective as well. And then when we talk about predictability and, ac and accuracy, the prime scan, of course, is more accurate even than PBS impression. So it's the first digital scanner ever to have more accuracy than a PBS impression. So the accuracy is obviously there. And then the predictability and the end result uh, is also something that I see as extremely advantageous. So when we were in dental school and we were taught to prepare a crown, there was six degree, seven degree axial reduction you had to have obviously a sufficient amount of length for retention form. And that's still if you're doing a traditional analog PVS temporary based appointment, you still need that physical retention in order for a temporary crown to stay on. With the new, uh, at the new protocols on enamel bonding, it's not actually as necessary to remove all of that healthy tooth structure. So the way that we're preparing teeth now with Serac Dentistry is to best enable that crown or that indirect restoration to last for 20 years, not necessarily so the temporary crown can stay on for the next two weeks. So I think it's a better patient outcome in the end, and uh, it's just a bit more accurate, predictable approach as well. So that's been where single visit dentistry has helped us. Um, you know, Mike, I know one of the big emerging topics in dentistry right now is the treatment of sleep apnea. And so can you elaborate on why it's important for dentists to include dental sleep medicine in their diagnostic skill set? Yeah, no, uh, that's a great question. Um, I will say about your single appointment crowns, my favorite part about that is not having to be numb twice, especially when you're working on me. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm usually numb for about a week. <laughs> but anyways, as we move on, you know, dental sleep medicine uh, is really critical in our offices. Um, you know, it's, it's amazing that as more research comes out, it's it's that big of a problem. Um, and I think as, as generally in North America, the BMIs are elevating. Um, we're seeing that becoming an even more uh, of a problem. Uh, studies have shown that actually um, in the population, uh, 80 to 90% is underdiagnosed yet. Like, you know, 80 to 90% of people have not found out that they have sleep apnea. So currently the people that are being treated for sleep apnea, it's only 10%. Um, and of those people, um, you know, it's about us uh, getting finding those patients. It's about medical people. It's about dentists. It's about all the community. Um, it's about marketing. It's about awareness. It's about public uh, becoming more aware of it, uh, of it being such a problem. Um, you know, and then you know the other question is is like is how big of a preponderance is sleep apnea? And the studies have shown that it's twenty to thirty percent. So that means if you're of an office of 2,000 patients, you've got about five to 600 of those patients that are probably uh, have some sort of sleep apnea or snoring issues or something to do with sleep uh, that we need to be starting to ask questions about. And so just elaborate further on where the digital workflow uh, comes into that level of treatment from obviously the testing to the implementation of device if that's what the patient ends up needing. Yeah, so it, you know, sleep's a big topic. Um, and so we will, we will expand on, on the different parts of sleep uh, when we do further upcoming podcasts. In fact, our next podcast is related to dental sleep medicine yeah. and the dentist role in that. Yeah. And, and in that, you know, we really break it down into four parts, uh, with the first part being screening. Uh, the next part, we're getting into testing and diagnosis. Uh, we want to talk also about planning and records. And then our last stage is the treatment, uh, which mainly is the delivery of the appliance and how to follow up on that. In the first part of the screening, um, it's really about 
us um, as, as, as a team, as an office, asking questions. It's about talking to the patients about sleep apnea. It's talking to patients about snoring. It's listening to patients talk about, you know, maybe their, their spouse is snoring. Um, it's, it's asking questions about their, how they feel during the day. Have they been tested before? Um, you know, and then it's understanding what we look for anatomically in our patients, arch size, jaw position, tongue size. And so screening really becomes something you have to train your team on. Um, and also you have to understand as well what to look for and then start asking the right questions and even simply in, in putting in questions into your new patient forms is a nice way of starting to find these patients in your office. Um, you know, sleep apnea has been correlated with shorter lifespan, um, so it is important uh, for us to recognize this in patients so that, you know, we're helping people be healthier and live, live longer. And we'll have uh, more information on that on our next podcast, of course. Now, in dentistry, one of the biggest expanders that we have found in, uh, in, in dentistry and in orthodontics and uh, is the concept of clear liners. It's almost, you can't walk around um, the city, well, you can't now, but you can't walk around the city and see, without seeing somebody with liners in, it's almost become like a fashion statement. Um, how do you feel that it's uh, part of your your day-to-day -day basis? Well, much like you, we've been offering Invisalign for a number of years, and it's been a great service that we have for our patients. The digital world has changed the implementation, the treatment planning, the case presentation for clear liner therapy. So, of course, traditional modality is Invisalign. Um, more recently, Densplicerona has launched their SureSmile platform, which is a competitor with some more advanced applications than the Invisalign computerized platform. Um, so essentially with the digital workflow, uh, once upon a time we were taking PBS impressions, mailing it out of course, which was not very time efficient, and hoping that those impressions were accurate enough that a full arch could be uh, scanned with an Invisalign system and then a liner is successfully fabricated. Uh, of course that didn't always happen, and for those of us who've been doing Invisalign for a number of years, uh, we know that we would on occasion get the PBS impressions rejected. So with a digital workflow, when you're digitally scanning instantaneously, you're going to know what the quality of that scan is. Uh, you can go over areas where you may not have the same level of accuracy that you would like. Uh, you don't have to take an entire new PBS impression. And of course, uh, as we discuss the different platforms, with SureSmile, we now of course have the ability to create those aligners within our office. So. If it's a more simplistic case or you want the control in the office, if you want to decrease your lab costs and you have all the proper equipment, you can actually do it within your own office, which I think is, is very, very exciting. Yeah, that's a big help. Um, in, a, in doing that, uh, making the aligners in your office, I'm assuming you're, you're talking about the 3D printing mm -hmm. technology. Um, and I know with SureSmile, it's, it's an open platform that you can... Um, actually do the rendering yourself and, and produce the, the models. Um, I've, I know haven't done as much of the 3D printing for SureSmile as you have. I know we've done five to seven trays in our office, um, smaller cases, but tell us about how the 3D printing for the SureSmile works for you and, and, and how it's changed the way you're doing some of your cases. Well, of course, if you have a digital impression system, uh, you're able to scan the patient and utilizing the treatment planning software that SureSmile has, you can actually create your own customized treatment plan, or you can utilize the technician and the orthodontist that SureSmile assigns to your case to help you go through that process. 
once you have either self-directed or assisted with a technician orthodontist, that sequence of treatment, you can actually print out the individual models that correspond to each level of movement. So five to seven is a very, very simplistic uh, workflow, quite easy to do. Uh, and anyone who has 3D printing capability, that would be something that I think is uh, almost a no-brainer, Mike. Uh, as we get into more complex treatments, uh, more aligners, there is, of course, some added benefit to just having it created from SureSmile. Uh, cost efficiencies, time efficiencies, you don't have to delegate as much team time to getting those aligners fabricated. The over-under is certainly going to be, I think, 20. For the vast majority of offices, if you are doing anything more than 20, overwhelmingly, I think it makes sense just to have it done by the company. Uh, but a lesser number certainly becomes a lot more viable to do it within the office. Unless you're really keen. Unless you're really keen, and a lot of us are keen and have a lot of time on our hands right now, but a lack of patience. So, th so this so, is the time you're doing those 20 tray cases right now? Well, yeah, and when I say lack of patience, I'm, I'm not talking about a characteristic. I'm talking about physical people sitting in the chair. Uh, but I think anything where you're doing five to seven, certainly it's very, very simplistic. Uh, when you get into the teens, that may be the decision where you want to decide, do you go with uh, the aligners created from the company? Yeah, like I said, we, we've, we've typically done the five to seven. Yeah. yeah, and you've got a lot of experience, uh, obviously, with 3D printing in your practice, Mike. Where else uh, do you use it besides just the few cases of SureSmile that you've done so far? Well, for us, the 3D printing um, has been a, like a, a hub. So when we started doing the digital scanning, uh, prior to 3D printing, it was often you could email, if you needed a model for something, you were still sending that to a lab um, to make the model. Um, now the benefit is you can make that in office. So for example, you know, a lot of things we do is, is based on retention. So we're doing, you know, after Invisalign or SureSmile case completes, we can make them retainers. They've had, you know, something in the past and they've lost their retainers. We're making them new retainers. So we're printing out their models and then we're using the Drufa mat to make our Essex suck downs. Uh, other thing that we like to do is the bleach trays. Um, same thing. It's quick, easy. You know, basically it's one day and they can have the bleach trays the next day and, and be at home doing the, the take-home whitening. Um, the other thing we've been using the 3D printing for is the surgical guides. And so with the implant planning, um, making a surgical guide, we can either mill it or 3D printing. And so we've been sort of doing it in it both ways. So elaborate on the implant uh, planning. Obviously, there's going to be a CBCT component, a digital impression component, some software. Just quickly walk us through what that looks like in your office. Well, so for us, um, you know, implants and the digital workflow for implants has been one of the you know primary things that I used to you know, lecture on, and it really was the driver for me to get into digital dentistry, mm -hmm. um, and and for a lot of people. Um, CBCT and implants are basically one, you know, interchangeable now. Like everybody who um, wants to get more into implants, the first thing to think about is CBCT. You know, people are already saying it's more like the standard of care uh, to have that information. And, and it's, it's that one-to-one -one detail that we can get. Now, from, from my workflow for implants, and we'll be talking about this with upcoming podcasts, but I can, I can sum it up into the way we do our case presentation. So... When we have a patient come in, we do a digital implant presentation for that patient. So patient comes in, let's say they're missing, you know, four, six. So they're missing that lower right molar. 
Um, they'll, the assistant will take them into the room. Uh, she'll talk to them a little bit about uh, the way we're doing our workup. And she'll go ahead and get a, a, a low dose, uh, five by five, like a small field of view CBCT of that area. Uh, she'll go ahead and we'll, we'll do the scan. Uh, so we'll get a quadrant scan of that uh, with the digital impression. In that digital impression, we're actually going to then design a crown. So we're going to make a virtual tooth, and that will be the crown, the new tooth that we're replacing. The assistant will then go ahead and, and merge those files into our treatment planning software. And once we have it in the treatment planning software, I basically come in the room and I say hi to the patient, meet them. And now what I've got in front of the patient is uh, a CBCT with a digital uh, impression over top so, and a virtual crown. And so now I can physically, right in front of the patient, start picking out implants from the catalog and start trying them in. Okay, which implant is going to fit for you? By doing that, they're seeing how we're thinking. They're understanding the concept. They're understanding why and where we can put an implant. They understand, you know, we can map the nerve real quick. And all this is done within 15, 20 minutes. And now that patient sees, okay, I can get an implant. There's room for an implant. This is the size of implant we're going to use. This is the position the implant's going to go. And then they ask, okay, well, when can I get this done? And we say, well, it takes me 45 minutes to make a surgical guide milled, or it takes me two hours to make it with a, a 3D printer. So basically, any time after two hours, we can we can do this for you. And it's so powerful that we're, we can just actually do their treatment literally an hour later. Um, it's a big thing for them. And, and again, majority of my patients, we do that. They have no reason to go anywhere else. Now they've seen that what we can do, where we're going to put it, X marks the spot with the surgical guide, mm -hmm. and we're ready to roll. And so really what you're saying is that the diagnostic appointment where you're getting all the diagnostic records, where you're doing the case presentation for the patient, and really where you're treatment planning the position of the implant is all done within one appointment. Yeah, it's all done right there. Um, and that, you know, really, like when we were talking about sleep, um, you know, and, and with sleep, it was about, you know, the screening and then testing and, and moving through all the way to where we're um, doing the digital workflow for the impressions. Uh, with implants, it's right up front where, you know, we're basically digital workflow from second one when they walk in the door. Um, it's just that powerful for us. And obviously you're taking a crown down approach. So the final position of the prosthetic or the crown will be optimized, hopefully. Yeah. And at a subsequent podcast, we're going to talk in much more detail about that workflow, not only from the placement of the implants, but also the uh, restoration protocols utilizing PrimeScan technology. Yeah. And the beauty about it is, is that, you know, our goal often is to screw retain so we don't have any cement. And if we can make sure everything lines up, everything's centered based on that crown position and the bone, and we can line all that up together, it just helps to expedite the next level of the treatment, which is the restoration. Um, so for you in your clinics, do you, so you're, you're doing digital impressions. Um, are you doing any regular impressions? Like what's your status on that? That's a good question. So at one of our offices, uh, as of January 1st, 2018, we made a determination that we were going to eliminate all impression material. And that included alginates, uh, impressions for night guards, etc. And the reason for that was one was of course, patient comfort. Patients prefer a digital impression invariably over an impression. Uh, the second determining factor was actually the number of 
remakes or adjustments that were coming back from the laboratory. And, and Mike, we're talking about simplistic things, even whitening trays rocking. So from a time efficiency point of view and a predictability point of view and a comfort point of view, if you're retaking impressions and getting the lab to remake stuff, uh, you're not checking off any of those boxes. So of course, we implemented a 3D printer. So that's where we do all of our whitening trays. Uh, anything regarding a night guard or a sleep appliance, the fit on these is obviously vastly improved with the digital technology. So it's been just over two years at the one office where we're not doing any impressions for anything at all. Uh, and it's been something that's been very, very well received, not only with our patients, uh, but of course with the uh, team as well. And then as you know, uh, more simplistic to send that information to a laboratory as well. Yeah, it's definitely, I think most people don't want the goopy stuff in their mouth. Yeah, and are you using any impression material in your office? You know, we will use impression material, like bite registration material, when we're uh, relining our titration trays, yeah. uh, which we'll talk about in the Sleep Apnea podcast. Um, but beyond that, not really. It's really, everything is, is all digital. Um, just like, it's so seamless. And with the prime scan, it's so fast mm -hmm. that, um, you know, you can really like take care of most of your patients um, in three, four minutes. Yeah, it's, it's almost ridiculous. You know, it used to be with the previous versions of the imaging, it would take a little bit longer. And so there would be an argument from the people that I can do a polyvinyl much faster than you can scan. I think that that table has turned. Totally, yeah. yeah. Even from a perspective where if you're very efficient with it, you know, probably faster than an Alginet uh, sets and the cleanup for an Alginet. And you've yeah. got a much more accurate end result with that prime yeah. scan as well. Yeah. Now, in amongst the family of, of the prime scan now, they've they've launched the prime mill and, and you were involved in the, the launch and, 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 and being a mentor on that technology. Tell us a bit about uh, the prime scan or the prime mill and, and what what is what does it change for us? Yeah, well, I was fortunate enough to travel to Berlin at the end of January with Densply Serona, where they launched their Prime Mill. And it's the new evolution of their in-office milling technology. You've been a Serac user, as I alluded to before, for a number of years. So you and I are quite accustomed to the MCXL. The Prime Scan is the next version of that. Uh, it's much faster and more accurate when we're talking about doing Zirconia or Emacs. So when we're talking about the accuracy and the time efficiency, uh, it's a significant improvement from that perspective. And the prime mill is what enables us to decrease that workflow of a zirconia restoration to 60 minutes. With the MCXL, it's just not possible from a timing perspective. Uh, the other thing that you're gonna find really exciting about this is prime mill will have titanium milling capabilities. Obviously, it's gonna be a different set of burrs than we utilize yep. for zirconia or for uh, Emacs or glass-based materials. But that capability is going to enable us to have more predictability with our implant workflow. At one of our future topics, we're gonna to be discussing stock tie bases versus custom titanium abutments and when to go from one direction to the other. Now that we're able to internalize this workflow within the office in the foreseeable future, that conversation is not going to be as applicable anymore. So for those who are not in the CERAC world, the reduced time restraints on the prime mill enable us to deliver a single unit crown in about the same time as if we're temporizing, taking a PVS uh, impression, et cetera, which is very, very powerful. And then of course, for those of us who are in implant dentistry, 
uh, just the future capabilities on customizing titanium abutments is very powerful as well. Yeah, I think from my perspective, um, I'm, you know, the tie bases has a has a place, but it, to me, it's a limited place. I'm a big proponent of Atlantis abutments. Mm-hmm. I'm a big proponent of digitally seeing the the gingiva architecture and designing it that way. Um, and now, what we're basically like Atlantis abutments to me is a slam dunk. Um, and now, what are where we're talking about being able to custom make. Um, you almost makes tie bases just not that critical in your treatment planning because now you can make a custom titanium abutment, in, you know, right there. Uh, it's just it's pretty incredible, you know. Yeah, much like with Sure Smile, you have the option of still sending it to an outside laboratory to create uh, the device, or you can internalize it. And it's just it's nice in dentistry to have that option. Um, which one of the things that ties in with implant dentistry, Mike, is um, CBCT. And obviously, you're an avid user for that in a variety of different treatment mechanisms. Can you enlighten us just very quickly as to where you use CBCT in your office? Well, you know, CBT is, CBCT is really sort of that hub. Um, now that we can take 3D scans of the jaws and the teeth, um, it really has been the hub of our digital workflow. Uh, from implants to analyzing sinuses to bone grafting to bone um, size of bone and being able to measure in that one-to-one mode, it's really been critical. Um, you can look at the airway, you can look at pathology, you can look at the sinuses. Um, it's, it gives us so much more information that we've ever had before. And I find it's nice because you, you can actually, you'll have missed things before with patients and all of a sudden you take one of these and you're like, oh, that endo's failing. Um, and, and it's certain things like a palatal root of an upper molar where a pan or a PA won't show anything, and yet the person says, I'm still sensitive, and then you you look at the, the 3D, and it's the palatal root is failing, but you couldn't see it with the superimposition of the bone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's super powerful, and I think it's critical to all of our, our workflows. Yeah, so certainly uh, more accurate, more information. Um, you know, there's been some monumental innovations in the reduction of radiation recently with some of the new CBCTs. And at some of our future podcasts, especially the ones related to implant dentistry, we're going to have some more information on that. Uh, So with that, I'm going to invite all of you to join us for our next podcast, which will be on the dentist's role in the treatment of sleep apnea. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for coming in. Um, Whatever platform you're on, please click down below uh, to subscribe or to like. Um, And we'll just keep these coming for you. And stay tuned and stay well in this time. And best wishes to everybody.